didn't even notice. <laughs> now you notice. That's because I have a built-in. <laughs> I have a built-in big mouth, which I'm very much aware of, right? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll start again. Uh, this is just a taste lot we're using to give you a teaser on what we're doing in small groups. And I, and I heard somewhere along the line that there's maybe perhaps a little confusion about what we do in small groups. Those of you who are in one are clear on it. Those of you who are not may be a little fuzzy. But small groups are Bible study. Plainness that they are Bible study, where we dig into the Word of God and we, you know, we search out His truths and His rich. And man, what an awesome time of learning and discussion and sharing it is. So if you weren't exactly sure what small groups are, they are Bible study, plain and simple. But last week, Meg brought to you an aspect of worship. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. <sighs> That's a perfect example. Okay. You know how sometimes you think the preacher is looking at you when they're preaching, right? And they really, you're kind of like heads. We're not necessarily looking at you up here. It's a different kind of thing, right? So it didn't even occur to me up here that some of you were sitting and some of you were standing. So, you know, when I'm up here, you know, okay, you know, she lost. I'm just, let me just sit there. <laughs> Take your liberties. Oh, man, I got to get back to worship. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about worship in our upcoming small group. And I'm going to bring to you a different maybe spin or a different take on worship uh, that Meg brought to you last week. Um, and I want to talk to you today about elevating God. Ooh. Now, that's a simple statement. Right? But many of us struggle to understand what that means, right? what elevating God means. And even in our common agreement, here I'm amongst people that uh, by and large believe in this one God that we serve, but, but how, we, um, how we display that devotion, how we live out that devotion is very different. We have varying ways of how we uh, acknowledge this one God. And some of us, we know that God is because we were taught that since we were children. Agreed? So we know that he is. Some of us know that he is because we read in his word. We know that. We, you read his word, you can't miss that there's God. You might, even, you might be confused on who he is, but you know there's a God. Some of us aren't really sure, but we were steeped in this society that believes in this God. And so we think, that's probably a good idea to do that too. Not really sure what to think about him, though, but it, it's probably a good idea. Some of us, however have experienced him personally. And it's out of that experience and awareness of who he is. And not only who he is, but who he is in relation to us that set in motion this life of worship, of devotion. It elevates God, that, that relationship elevates God above everything else. That elevating is worship. Tina, let me have my verse for today. When Moses encountered God on the mountain, oh, you're right on it. He inquired about God's name. You know, God is telling him he's going to send him down to Egypt, you know, set his people free. And God said, Moses, I, I need a name. I need, I need to be able to tell them who sent me. So he inquired about God's name. And God replied, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Those two little words, I am, just might be the most profound two words ever given to man. Its meaning is packed. I am means far more 
then God exists. It means far more than he always was and that he is now, that he always will be. But it means also that he will be. He will be. It's at whatever you and I need. He, he will unfold for us. That, I think that's profound. Who knew that this I am can become and will be to us everything that we need? And Moses found that to be true. When God broke the back of Egypt, Moses found this God to be the Lord mighty in battle, right? To crush Pharaoh, that was no small feat. I'm sure many had tried and, and lost, but our God made quick work of Pharaoh, right? He became to Moses the Lord mighty in battle. When God saved Israel and brought them out, he became uh, to the Israelites uh, the God of salvation. When Moses was under attack, he became the Lord mighty in, in uh, um, his, the Lord his banner. And when the people needed water, he became the Lord who provides. That sounds familiar, right? He found out what Abraham had already found out. When Abraham needed a sacrifice, he too found God to be the Lord who provides. Both of these great patriarchs of our faith elevated God above everything in their lives. And therein they worshiped him. They worshiped him in this way with their whole lives. In order to really know God and to understand the true worship, we have to be in relationship with him. Developing that relationship requires us to elevate him above all things. Make room for him in your lives. You know, I imagine that God, for many of us, is all down and mixed up in our stuff, right? In our confusion, in our circumstances, in our material possessions, in our hopes, and our dreams. God's just kind of amongst our stuff in our lives and, and, and just in all the clutter with no distinction or clarity. But I call to you today to pull him up. Pull him up out of the cares of your life. Pull him up from amongst all your stuff. Pull him up from all that, that preoccupies you. Put him in a place of preeminence. And you will find yourself ascribing to him those attributes that those who come before us have already discovered. And perhaps you'll find some other ones. Perhaps you'll discover some other attributes of this great God. Those unique to just you and him and your relationship. As he becomes the I am to you. He will become all that you need. Elevate God. That is worship. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. Praise you, Jesus.